It's the True Blue Riffcast. I'm your host, Jeremy, and I am joined, as always, by... I'm Dave, and Jeremy, are you recording? Yes, I am recording this week, Dave. Actually, let me double check. Yes, I am recording this week, Dave. Yeah, I just wanted to embarrass you. Hey, we have to make sure. After last week, we have to make sure. Yeah. So we got a lot to talk about. Yes, we do. So... No, no niceties this week. Sorry, Dave. Oh, uh, no. We're going to get right into our headlines. Headlines. First up, Bye Bye Drip. Oh, that's so right. Sad. Drip, uh, Kickstarter's attempt at a Patreon-like service uh, is closing down next month for good. Do we know why? I I have no idea. I remember when Rift Tracks started the drip thing, uh, it was only available to limited creators. And I don't know if they ever actually opened it up to like the public to join uh-huh. in or not. But yeah, I just I just don't think it ever took off like they expected it to. Uh-huh. But no need to worry because Rift Tracks is moving over to Patreon. They're moving all of the Drip Tracks content over there. That's so cool. So you won't miss anything. And they said they're going to keep it still at the same 3 or $4 a month. So that's not terrible. No. My only, my only complaint that I have is for us uh, Drip Tracks people who are also Kickstarter backers, which is probably all of the Drip Tracks people. Yeah, uh, yeah I guess. Uh, we will never be getting our complete set of Mike, Kevin, and Bill Drip Tracks coins. Aww. Because we got Mike last year. This year we're getting Kevin. And, yeah, there there is no more Drip, so. Well, they might be they might be able to pull it off if they just be like Drip Tracks and if they, you know, they might be calling it. They might still be calling it Drip Tracks at Patreon. I mean, so. I I guess there's the potential for that, yes, and and they could still just make the back of the coin say drip tracks. I mean, because technically they're not selling them, so I I, I hope so because I don't want to get a a Mike coin and a Kevin coin and then have a Bill coin and have it be something different. Of course, maybe that that would be fitting for Bill. (laughs) So I guess maybe I'm okay with it. I don't know. Oh, wow. How did I think about it? You know, when I first heard that, because I actually missed the email that Eric sent out, and I was like, and I got the email that Drip was shutting down, and I was like, oh, no, Drip is shutting down. What does this mean for Drip Tracks? But Eric had already answered all my questions, but um, I was just like, what does this mean for uh, the video for Mutiny of Love, which is the most amazing thing in the history of the world, which are... Oh, yeah. You're, you're a little behind the game there, Dave. Yeah, I sure was. But I'm still the number one Rift Tracks fan, so eat me. <laughs> Technically, no, am, no, no, no. I am ranked no. number Rift one. Rift on... not get to decide who the number one fan is, okay? <laughs> they don't. Uh, moving on. Uh, man, we got all kinds of, of sadness going around. First drip closing, and uh, now we've got... Uh, the potential of Spider-Man no longer being a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, that's. Um, well, let's not talk too much about this. But when I when I heard that news, 
I actually went back and I listened to the last couple of our of our podcasts, and we actually brought this up a lot about how it would be incredibly stupid if uh because uh, I said that I was against the Amazing Spider-Man getting shut down in favor of the MCU Spider-Man. Yes. And I said that, and I said that literally, I think two or three episodes ago, I said that, but at this point, I think if they did another reboot, if uh, Sony dislodged itself from Disney, from the MCU, that's basically the end of the Spider-Man movies. And yeah. no, no, no one thinking that would, because it just made $2 billion and nobody thinking, nobody's thinking ever that, Anybody would be stupid enough to put that in jeopardy, but here we are. Right, and the details of this, we still don't actually know everything yeah. that happened. All we know is a little bit that leaked out from one side and a little bit that leaked out from the other, and apparently, while they were negotiating, Disney said, look, we will front 50% of the production costs, and we want 50% of the profits from the movie. What they what they are currently getting is five percent yeah. for the movie, and so they you know of course they're gonna want a little more. This movie just made over a billion dollars, and and Sony's like, no, this movie just made over a billion dollars. We don't need you guys. Look, <laughs> okay. But the reason that the movie made over a billion dollars is because of the connection with MCU, yeah. because it was it's the lead into Phase Four, the Spider-Man Far From Home. And a lot of people were interested to see what the actual aftermath from Endgame was going to be. And that's why that's, it made $2 billion. That's, that's a big part of it. And now if they, if this split actually takes, you know, they don't, they don't actually renegotiate and reach some form of settlement or Disney doesn't just go out and buy Sony pictures. They're going to have to make zero references to anything from the MCU in the next two Spider-Man movies that Tom Holland is still contracted for. Yeah, that would be interesting. I think they could do it, but it would just be weird. It would be very, very weird. Um, but, you know, everybody is, is talking about it online. Everybody's upset on both sides. And, you know, it would suck. And that's that's really all I've got to say on the matter. So let's move on to our uh, weekend box office. The number one movie in the country, Angel Has Fallen, the third movie in the, uh, I guess, Has Fallen series. I, don't I know didn't even know that was out. Uh, apparently it came out this weekend. Um, oh, cool. I kind of sort of want to see it because I saw the first one. The first one's great. second one is terrible. This one, I don't know, man. I, I, just, I, I don't know if I'm really interested in it. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think very many people were because it is the number one movie of the weekend, but it only made $21 million. Uh, This is a very, very slow weekend for the movies. The number two movie, uh, Good Boys, only made $11 million, so that's like, that's it. I mean, uh, the religious film Overcomer was the number three movie of the weekend, that's barely weird. beating out The Lion King. And then uh, Fast and the Furious, Hobbs and Shaw dropped all the way down to five. And if you scroll all the way down this list and go to number 33, you'll see a little independent film called Avengers Endgame, still alive and kicking in the theaters, 115 screens still running it, made $50,000 again. Uh, $50,000? $50, $50,000, 5-0, yes. Yeah. It, wow. Like, 
the movie's been out for two weeks on Blu-ray and DVD and a it month still on made digital. Fifty thousand dollars in theaters. So yeah, there we go. There's our weekend box office. Now let's move on to our short reviews of Rift Track Shorts. Yes. Today we are going to be taking a special look at the At Your Fingertips collection. The ACI shorts are a staple in the Rift Track shorts catalog, and that is mostly because of the assemblage of the At Your Fingertips shorts. The At Your Fingertips series are themed crafting ideas. Usually things that can be made with household items, such as uh, sugar, empty boxes, and yard clippings. These That's are also some of, such as seals. Yes, yeah, such as seals. These are some of the most popular Rift Track shorts of all time, and there is a good reason for that. Up first uh, is going to be At Your Fingertips Grasses, released uh, July 22nd, 2011. This is probably the most popular of the At Your Fingertips series. The short premiered with Rift Tracks Live Reefer Madness. It was also given a studio riff release, and it was a part of Rift Tracks Live, the MST3K reunion. So they've gone at this short three times now. Because of this short, poor Bill will be eternally haunted by the question, is corn grass? Not because he doesn't know the answer, he definitely does, but because people will never stop asking him. He might even have to say, yes, corn is grass on his tombstone for all the people who will be making the pilgrimage to his grave generations from now. You want to know what's funny about that is that in um, Night of the Living Storybook, Storybook Volume 2, I actually sent Thumbelina to Rift Tracks Live, Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny in 2015. Uh, this was at the time when storybook chapters were part of uh, the Rift Tracks uh, digital goodies. Uh-huh. And um, I actually put Mike, Kevin, and Bill in the storybook chapter. And the little bit I have them doing with actually does have a bit with Bill talking about is corn grass. If you look at any of the Rift Tracks fan groups or pretty much half of anything that Rift Tracks tweets out, there's going to be at least five people asking if it's grass. Yeah. Whatever, it, whatever it is, they will be asking if it's grass. And poor Bill, he actually set up a website. Uh, I think it's, uh, what is it? If you go to if like, iscorngrass.com. A dot .info or something. Yeah, or... it's just a big thing saying, yes, corn is grass. And like, yeah. So he's never going to get away from that, ever. That's funny. Ever. Uh, the next At Your Fingertips short we're going to be looking at is Boxes. Woo, Boxes! This was the uh, the second one released, and it's my personal favorite out of the six. It really confirms the idea of children playing with garbage. Take all the boxes out of your trash and build with them, kids, <laughs> because your parents won't shell out any money for toys. At least you can make a tunnel out of the boxes, fastened together with pipe cleaners, even though they don't actually show you how to make that. Or you can make a moving company truck to deliver furniture. Uh, that was never a part of any of the live shows. I think that's actually the only one that did not have a live show counterpart. Hmm. This one made its debut during Rift Tracks Live, Manos, The Hands of Fate. This short shows you how to make totem poles, horses, because as we all know, horses are cylinders, and planetariums. And you also get to see somebody make a flying robot. No, I'm not joking about that. 
This short was so weird, even the narrator didn't stick around for all of it. Uh, At Your Fingertips Cylinders was also a part of Night of the Shorts uh, San Francisco Sketch Fest 2013. The next one, At Your Fingertips Play Clay, released November 21st, 2014. When I learned about the existence of At Your Fingertips Play Clay, uh, it was purely luck. It was part of some children's DVD collection that I found on Amazon. It hadn't been riffed yet, and I'm the impatient type, so I ordered the DVD. I watched the short, and I knew that once Rift Tracks got their hands on it, it was going to be a good time. And, of course, I was right. In this short, we learn how to make homemade play clay, not play dough, and how to make animals, necklaces, and more animals. And don't forget to cover them in a nice sheen of plastic spray to keep them looking good. Because I'm sure that's nice and healthy for little kids to be playing around with. Up next is At Your Fingertips Sugar and Spice, released October 5th, 2016. What kid wouldn't want to fill half of a small plastic football with sugar? Let it dry and scarf it down. That's the premise of At Your Fingertips Sugar and Spice, which premiered at Rift Tracks Live Santa Claus. The spices come into play when you decorate things like your sugar ornaments, snowmen, or spoonbirds. And then after everything is made, including a giant baking pan sugar aquarium, it's literally just a big sheet pan full of sugar, it's time to dig in. Yes, they really show the kids eating big old hunks of sugar. Or as Mike says, they're just grabbing a slice of instant diabetes. Oh, no. The last one in the series is At Your Fingertips Floats, released October 15th, 2018. This one was shown before The Room. Have you ever wanted to use that styrofoam tray that your meat comes packed with to make arts and crafts? Sure don't. And Floats is the short for you. This short will show you just how easy it is to use them to create barely functional boats. This short also shows how to make floating things out of other various styrofoam things, like cups and balls, or milk cartons, paper, and walnuts. Each of the At Your Fingertips shorts are essentials, and they get rated 5 out of 5. Here's my ranking of all six of them. Number one, boxes, grass, sugar and spice, floats, cylinders, and play clay. Wow, yeah, I think really the only one I ever even never think about really is 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 corn grass, because the really that's uh, for the exact reason you said before, because it's like you know it's corn grass. It's it's just as that iconic rift tracks bit of rift tracks is corn grass. Yeah, I, there's there's not anything else like that that stuck out to me anyway from any of the other at your fingertips shorts um just overall i think i enjoy the boxes one the best that was actually i think that was the very first riff track short that i watched too no the first one i watched was what is nothing because that was with the was jack the, and the giant, jack the giant killer yeah <clears throat> but the first one that i bought was boxes so now we're going to go on from the shorts to the not so shorts dave what are we going to look at today well, it depends on, um, we can either talk about, uh, I mean, we're, we're talking about two full-length riffs, like always. We're going to talk about the winner of our listener poll, which surprised me. Uh, we're going to talk about Carnival of Souls, and we're going to talk about the new release, the Just the Jokes, or at 
if you're what Bill calls the ancients of the ancients, the blockbuster or MP3 riff of Street Fighter. I think we should maybe switch it up this week. Let's start with Carnival of Souls. Okay, let's start with Carnival of Souls. Uh, how many times have you seen Carnival of Souls in your life? Uh, once. With or without the riff track? I mean, of course, with the riff track. With the riff tracks. I've never seen it. I've never watched it unriffed, and I never will. Really? I've never watched it unriffed either, because it's... Uh, like, apparently, this thing has a legacy. It's like, in 2012, the Academy of... Academy Film Archive restored Carnival Souls. The film has been named as a precursor to the works of various filmmakers, including David Lynch, uh, George Romero, Lucaria Martel, I don't even know who that is, and James Wan. But it's, you know, you'll hear about Carnival of Souls, and it has this, 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 this amazing reputation of being like this, uh, a forerunner of uh, whatever the hell, right? <laughs> You yeah. know what I'm saying? But like, but you watch it, and you're like, that was a piece of crap. Yeah, it's not... I don't understand why people feel this way about this movie at all. So I've seen the movie a few times because I, I watched the original Three Riffer edition, which was released in early 2009. We talked about the uh, sort of precursor to the VOD era at length last week when we talked about Little Shop of Horrors. So we're not going to cover that again. If you want to listen to that conversation, go back and listen to last week's episode. Uh, we cover it extensively. This is one of those. This is uh, it came out with uh, Plan. Well, not Plan Nine, but it came out with Little Shop. It came out with House on Haunted Hill. It came out with uh, Reefer Madness. There's a whole bunch of a whole bunch of public domain classic things. Basically, what happens is is that uh, it starts out. In this, in Lawrence, Kansas, and it starts off with these two cars full of uh, idiot juvenile delinquents uh, doing a drag race for some reason, and uh, the cars end up going over a bridge and into, I think it was just a girl's car that went over the bridge, and into the and into a river, and Mary, yeah. the uh, she survives. A uh, spoiler alert: She didn't really. I guess she's a ghost <laughs> the whole time. Uh, she's like Bruce Willis, only not. <laughs> so uh, then she plays on the organ for about an hour and a half. Uh, moves to Utah, gets entranced by the salt air. Now let me tell you something about the salt air. Okay, that blight, that disgusting, horrible piece of crap. That is that. Now the Salt Air is this is this building that's on I eighty that's like that's just past Salt Lake City. I don't know because because it's past Salt Lake City, so she would have had to have completely missed the city altogether to get to it, if she's driving from Kansas. So she's kind of an idiot because it's over like it's almost in Tooele County. Um, you know, I, I know local local stuff, but it's just it's just such an ugly blight. It's just like every time I have to drive by it and look at it, my gosh, it's so oh, why do we tear that thing down? It's so stupid. So you've never been entranced by it? No, I want it to go away. <laughs> I want it to die. It's like the ugliest building in all in in I don't want to say all of the state, but it's definitely the most it's definitely the ugliest famous building in the state um nobody i've ever talked to has had a nice thing to say about it 
Like, I don't even know why they keep it up. But anyway, she lodges a room, and um, she, I, I guess she starts seeing ghosts. And then she meets a guy who is super rapey. <laughs> Um, and it's trying to like is literally trying to like trucker's woman himself into her apartment. He wants to become better acquainted. Yeah, but he she she then amazingly relents to go on to a date with this with this with this dude. Uh, and I guess she's falling in love. Like she fell in love with him. Events of her falling in love with him not pictured. You know, because at first she's like just completely repulsed by him, and then like it completely changes without any explanation, right? And then he gets all pissy that she's being a weirdo, <laughs> uh, right? And then she gets fired for I don't remember why. She gets fired from being an organist at a not-Mormon church in Salt Lake City. I think it's because she, like, declines to go, like, meet the congregation or whatever. Uh-huh. I know the minister gets all mad about that. That's, so that's probably what it is. But um, it's uh, and then she'd be like, "Well, you're fired from your job, but you're like not fired from God or something." Uh, <laughs> and like, like, it's, and like he wants to help her. It's like, okay, firing me is not helping. That's not what helping is, you know. Oh, it's but, it's the uh, it's the other the other organ music. He uh he says it's sacrilege and he insists upon her resignation. Oh, that's dumb. Who yeah. wrote this? Did the director write this? Probably. Yeah. Yes, her. it was written, produced, and directed by Herc her Kirby. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so then she goes and she falls asleep while getting an oil change, <laughs> which is so weird I can't even begin to describe it. Um. Then she goes. Then she goes out to the salt air, and she runs around, and gets chased by these zombies. Uh, they all like try to like you know pet her, um, <laughs> and uh, then it cuts back to uh, to Lawrence, Kansas, where uh, they finally, after like weeks and weeks, are able to pull the body, the the car with the bodies of her friends out of the car, and she's in the car. Oh like, no! What? <laughs> like, that makes no sense. I guess she is dead. Was she a ghost? But how did she get to Utah? I don't know. <laughs> Was it a dream? Did it really happen at all? So anyway, this is what Wikipedia says. The following day, Samuels, the minister, and police go to the pavilion to look for Mary. They find her footprints in the sand, and they end abruptly. Back in Kansas, her car is pulled from the river. Mary's body is in the front seat alongside the other two women. Oh, okay. So it did supposedly happen. Uh, that's, that's dumb. Um, can, we, can we talk about the real star of this movie, Dave? Who's the real star of the movie? The, the real star of this movie is the god-awful organ music. Oh, okay. I, you know what? I figured it out right as you were saying it, too. Um, <laughs> wow, it's like, it's like the acoustic guitar noodling in Roller Gator. I think I would maybe. I think it's worse. Say, honestly. Yeah, yeah, same. I think it's actually worse than the guitar, the incessant guitar noodling in Roller Gator. The legendary, charming, wonderful, we can't live without it guitar noodling in Roller Gator, <laughs> opposed to 
In the Three Riffer edition, oh my gosh, it's so funny. One of my favorite sequences in the Three Riffer is like when they uh, are all making fun of at the very beginning, right before she goes to Utah, uh, which is where I live, everybody. Me, Dave, a.k.a. Sugar Ray Dodge. I live in Utah. I just want everybody to know that. Um, <laughs> she, uh, There's a long sequence of everybody like coming out and looking at her while she's playing the organ. And Mike, Kevin, and Bill are just like, I have to go break that organ into thousands of splinters. I'll be right back, right? And they're all like, Boo, why do you hate us? You suck. And then uh, uh, the minister, the first minister, the one in Kansas, comes out and says, I oversaw the installation of the, this organ myself. And then Bill goes, you bastard. They, uh, they consider the organ to be one of the spectral presences in the movie, summoning up or being summoned up by the various allusions in the film to cinema's past. Whatever the was past the total what that the ghost of Mr. Chicken. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> what was this crap pile of a movie that isn't scary and just annoying? When was that released? 1962? Uh, yeah, 62. I'm trying to think that maybe they mean Phantom of the Opera. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, me too. I just, this is one of those things that baffles me as to why so many people like this movie as much as they do when they announced that they were going to be doing this for a live show they were getting all these tweets about how dare they do this movie because it's a classic and like connor let me tell you something starship troopers is considered a classic okay (laughs) so i mean Uh, let's get real here starship troopers is a crap pile no starship troopers is a brilliant masterpiece of of cinematic satire jeremy and it's everything in it is brilliant how dare you screw you dave i hate (laughs) yes we we both uh we both really really dislike that movie um outside of the fact that it's terrible and there's an excellent riff of it yeah uh but yeah i I just carnival of souls is eh. It's really dumb, guys. Yeah. I mean, it's a good, good, good griff. I mean, we all like waffles, et cetera. Yeah, but, but I hey. mean, the, the movie, the, the, the movie, dude, it's, it's a bad movie. It's like yeah. Endgame. A lot of people like it, and I don't know why. <laughs> oh. oh, everybody's going to hate me. <laughs> As if they don't already, Dave. I know, right? I think that's about all we have for Carnival Souls. Yeah, that's Souls. all we have to say about uh, Carnival Souls. So um, in the uh, in the poll, what do we have? What do we have left? We have well, we have the Last Slumber Party and the Apple carrying over. Okay, and can we put um, uh, Crater Lake Monster in there? Yes, we can put Crater Lake Monster okay, in as okay. our third choice. So uh, coming this week, the listener poll will be Last Slumber Party, the Apple. And Crater Lake Monster. I got lots of things to say about Crater Lake. I got lots of things to say about all three of those. those <laughs> like those three are amazing. Uh, like, speaking of speaking of the apple, <laughs> uh, we're 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 gonna talk about uh, about the newest Riff Tracks release, the just the jokes of Street Fighter, starring Jean Claude Van Damme and. Ming Na Wen, and I think there might be somebody else that that 
was actually a pretty good actor before they put him in here, which was basically his last movie. Raul Julia, of course. Uh, <sighs> Gomez he, Adams. Obviously, obviously his, fa- fa- famous, his most famous role is uh, um, Aaron Finkel in Overdrawn at the Memory Bank. <laughs> Uh, no, but that does get brought up in this uh, in this riff. We'll get to as that. do a lot of uh, as there's a lot of other stuff like the apple, which was yeah my... they did do a bims on the way thing. Yes, that was so great. Did. There there's so many callbacks in this riff. Ah, uh, but we'll we'll get to those in a minute. First, let's talk about this movie a little bit. Okay, can I start off by saying that for the record, I legit like no fool hashtag no fooling. Honestly, love this movie. Unironic. What? what? I, do, I I think it's a great comedy. I love it. It's, I mean, I I don't even mean that in like a Starship Troopers kind of way either. Oh, I I honestly really do love this movie. It's I enjoy it on a lot of levels. It's not as bad as say Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Nothing's as bad as Mortal Kombat Annihilation. You just you just literally just compared it to. My least favorite movie of all time. My literally down at the bottom. Like, 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 I despise Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Yeah, that's. It doesn't really have a high bar that it's got to cross to be considered a, uh, an enjoyable uh, video game movie. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's well, it's better than Super Mario Brothers. Oh yes, definitely better than Super Mario Brothers. It's better than Doom. It's better than House of the Dead. It's better than Blood Rain. Uh, there's there's better than any Resident Evil movie. Yeah, those are all crap too. But yeah, we've got uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme as the American soldier Guile with the American flag tattooed on his arm. I love it. I love it. Ken and Ryu as uh arms dealers? I I, I don't Fake know what their dealers? deal is honestly. It makes no sense. I think maybe they were just con men. I th- I think so too, which I can respect. Hey, I-, I can get behind it. We have uh, the best movie version of Chun Li uh, as a reporter, played by Ming Na Wen. Dude, she's great. So much better than the other uh, Street Fighter Chun Li movie that we're not going to get into. Uh, we have seen it. it's it's way worse than this one. We have Honda E Honda, the sumo wrestler, as uh, her camera guy. Yeah. We have uh, Balrog, the boxer dude who is in the movie as like somebody else for the TV station. I don't really know He's what just his. He's kind of there, yeah. Uh, maybe he was the engineer or something. I don't know. Yeah. We've got Vega showing up. We've got Sagat as Sagat is an arms dealer in this. Yeah. One. Um, I, I, I I think the casting for Sagat. I think I honestly honestly feel like Sagat and. Uh, and Vega in this movie were actually done pretty well. I yeah, like them. Sagat, Sagat, his his uh, actor was really good. Um, mm-hmm. I was kind of surprised. We have a really weird version of Dalsim in this movie. Uh, he's just like a scientist guy. Yeah, he does. His, like his arms don't like. He's not made of plastic or nothing. Yeah, and he's got a full head of hair and everything. Well, up until the end of the movie, when all of his hair is mysteriously gone. Charlie. Charlie, yes. I'm coming to get you. Charlie? Charlie. Uh, and then we have, of course, Charlie, Charlie, whatever you want to call him, turned Blanca or Bozo Hulk as uh, 
as he looks like in the movie. Uh, there's we also have a really weird version of T Hawk as just one of the soldiers uh, that is running around with guile, and you're not really sure who he's supposed to be until towards the end of the movie when he puts that yeah. headband on. Yeah, it's just like, hey, this other guy, what, running around with Kylie Minogue, and, uh, you know. <laughs> the cannon oh, fire. Oh, can, oh can, can we talk about Cammy and her um, combat hidey plates <laughs> and, her, and her combat pencil skirt? Yeah, that was... Uh... That's great. That was that was definitely something, but uh, yeah, it's I don't know most of the cast. I mean, they they cast so, some well. So, okay, like, I think we have to give props to. I mean, like I know he didn't get much screen time, but when he did, he 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 murdered it. Was the guy who played Zongief? Oh yes, he he yeah. he was the best comic relief in the whole movie. Like everything he said was was, was funny, pretty much. Mwah! Everything was great. Chef, um, it was Chef Kiss. Just a side note, he also played uh, Leatherface in the 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Ooh. which I thought was kind of interesting to learn. But yeah, I really, uh, I really liked his character in this movie. Uh, the part where they they turn on the little TV in the closet, and it's Chun Li, and she's showing the truck full of explosives going towards all the weapons, and he just yells out, "Quick, change the channel!" <laughs> like. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, but this this movie, it's if you're if you're going into it looking for a serious Street Fighter movie. Yeah, don't don't do that. That's, don't, yeah, this this isn't it. This isn't it. Like, OK, look, this movie I'll put. OK, you guys who listen to this podcast know me as kind of a goofy fellow with a very um, strange sense of humor and a strange personality. Am I correct? Yes, okay. I would agree just, with that definitely. Just okay, yes. This movie hits like every part of my wheelhouse. You know, <laughs> like everything about it is just like, dude, I just love this movie unironically so much. So, I mean, like to understand Street Fighter is to understand yours truly. So, just think of it as you're watching a movie of me. <laughs> and 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 it'll all become clear. Okay. Yeah, I guess I guess that's one way one way to explain it. Yeah, <laughs> Jeremy's over there like, oh my gosh, this guy is crazy. <laughs> what have I gotten myself into? Um, yeah. So let's let's actually let's talk about some of these riffs, Dave. Because oh yeah, because we ew, yeah, there were so many callbacks in this movie, and we were just talking about that last week. In fact, we were just talking about one specifically that they used like within the first five minutes of this film. Yeah, we were talking about that last week. We were talking about um, this is a this is a term we're going to use to refer to ourselves now. The ancients of the ancients, as as uh, Bill Corbett refers to us on on drip tracks. Uh, in the last step, we talked. We're talking about Spider Man, Macho Man, Randy Savage, Bonesaw. You've got three minutes, and I think that was the first callback they did in this entire riff. Yeah, as far as as far as I remember, that that would be accurate. But it was when they they took one of their prisoners. Uh, to fight M. Bison, and he just ran over and snapped his neck, and, and that was about it. We also got a reference to Over the Top. Like, how many eliminations is it? Uh, you know, the, the famous double elimination tournament Over the Top. Uh, we get a callback to the guy from Harlem. Yeah. When uh, they're the, uh, I can't remember, they were the Allied Forces. They weren't the, the Allied Nations, because it wasn't the UN, it was the AN. And they were in their meeting, 
and uh, this little waiter guy comes in, this Asian waiter guy, and and he's giving everybody water, and all of a sudden he jumps up on the table with a knife and he charges at uh, at Guile, mm-hmm. and he you know gets spin kicked and flipped around, and we get the joke about the J and B scotch and well done steaks. But yep. You know, I I gotta I gotta throw this out here. Whoever it was that wrote the joke that reminded me of Emerald Lagasse's sitcom can go straight to hell. I don't even know what Emerald Lagasse's sitcom is. So Emerald, you remember Emerald Lagasse, right? The, the chef. I'm gonna kick it up a notch. Bam. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Elzar. Okay. Yeah, Elzar. Yeah. Okay. He, he had a sitcom. Yeah. Really. And, you can guess how good that was. It would, I bet it was terrible. And I I literally had pushed all memory of this out of my brain until I heard that riff, and then it all came flooding back. So thanks, whoever it was. Connor, probably. Yeah, I'm guessing it's, it's either... Or Sean. Connor or, or Sean. Two. Only, only they would bring that up. Mike wouldn't bring that up because no. I don't think Mike cares about that kind of thing. I think my favorite riff in the entire thing, um, the guile says the line, hey, you were almost useful there for a minute, followed up by Mike saying, I try to tell my children that at least once a day. <laughs> There's an Apple reference. Like, like they say Bim's on the way. Yeah. At some point. I can't remember where. That they're all, Bison is marching through and all the soldiers are saluting him. And instead of, you know. Hey, Bison, they're saying, hey, 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 Bim's on the way. <laughs> Uh, this this was such a fun riff though like honestly dave i don't know if you saw my tweet earlier today but uh so far uh street fighter is a serious contender for riff of the year for me oh oh, wow yeah like i absolutely loved this riff so much i'll vote for it i mean you know there i mean like i can't think of anything up to now that that can really beat it um i mean i like zombie aka i eat your skin yeah um this, this I, one this one surpasses that for me i like uh what else i mean i like rats i like you know there's a lot of stuff this year that i like uh what was the one that re- recently oh yeah um kill or be killed was excellent uh but this was a definitely an a this is definitely an a um but you know the year's not over so right we'll see we still have uh, a couple more months, and the promise of something worse than Roller Gator looms on the horizon. Are so, you, are you, wait, are you serious? When did they say that? Uh, they said that back in June. Oh. Where somebody said that uh, they, they were talking about Roller Gator. They tweeted something about it, and somebody responded with, they can't watch it because it is the bane of their existence. And they responded with, the bane of your existence so far, hashtag coming later this year. Oh, come on. Uh, uh, give me a break. I don't think that. I mean, I think that's hyperbole. I mean, come on. Wait, uh, uh, think about what you're saying. <laughs> Worse than Roller Gator. Yeah, something it, that, that will be harder to watch than Roller Gator. I, uh, number one, I don't think, okay, look. As, look, look, guys. Okay, real talk. As much as I like Roller Gator... I know that it's a pile of crap movie. I know it. You know, that's why I love it. Okay? It it's it it's a movie with with no with no professional lighting, no professional sound. No professional anything except for Joe Estevez. Yeah. 
it was literally shot. And look, look, until somebody can prove me wrong, okay, I'm going to continue to believe that it was shot on a VHS camcorder. Okay? You can't convince me that it wasn't. Right. I don't see how you can get worse than Roller Gator. Unless it's a baby ghost. A baby ghost. <laughs> baby ghost. Google it. Which, okay. it's by the same director, also has Joe Estevez in it, and yeah, it's a thing. Yep. I mean, I honestly have no guesses as to what they could be releasing that they that they think is more of a bane to existence in general than Roller Gator. <sighs> I don't, yeah, it's... It scares me a little bit. I'm super excited about it. Well, unless it's something like Fun in Balloon Land, where it's just like parade footage. Or if it's what's that movie that we saw earlier this year? Uh, with something like Extra. Oh, yeah. 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 I, 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 like like unless it's that, then like I can like yeah Google Extra X T R O. Not that we actually have any say in this, you know. No, we sure don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh we were gonna go through. I totally forgot. We were gonna go through the thread in True Blue. And uh, tally up who got all the most votes for uh, live shows next year. Oh, well, let's, uh, I guess we can do that next week. Yeah, let's do that next week. Because that's going to do it for us this week. I am Jeremy. You can find me at pbandawesome.com. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at pbandawesome. If you want to send me an email, you can do that, jeremy at trueblueriffcast.com. And you can follow the podcast on Twitter, at tbriffcast. And I'm Dave Chadwick. You can check me out on the web at sugarraydodge.com. Send me emails at dave at trueblueriffcast.com. I wrestle locally here as Charlie B. Search for me at, yeah, look for me as Charlie B. on Facebook. Search for Sugar Ray Dodge on Facebook. My graphic design services will come up. And, yeah, that's all I got, too. All right, guys, we'll see you next week on the True Blue Riftcast. See ya.